Welcome to the Maritime Executives Podcast Series, In the Know. I'm Tony Munoz, Editor-in-Chief. Our Executive Corner Podcast will provide conversations with top executives concerning events and issues that are shaping our industry today. We will also bring you up to speed with the latest news and editorials covered by the Maritime Executive. Hello, I'm Tony Munoz, publisher and Editor-in-Chief of the Maritime Executive. The International Maritime Organization will be enforcing tough new rules on marine fuels beginning January 1st, 2020. One of the solutions to heavy fuel oil and marine gas oil is LNG as a cleaner alternative that can reduce emissions by 90 to 95 percent. Today, In the Know, we'll speak with Mr. Tom Crowley, Chairman, President, and CEO of Crowley Maritime Corporation, which provides transportation and logistics services in domestic and international markets. Hey, Tom. Tony Munoz. How are you? Oh, good, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. I was looking forward to seeing you at uh, Coast Guard Foundation, but you know how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, that was a bummer. Well, they say it's postponed, so... Hopefully, we're going to get back in the saddle and we'll get over there and, and uh, Good. get to see you again. So, Excellent. yeah. You know, listen, um, I went to Hamburg, and when I was in Hamburg at uh, SMM Shipping, all the, all the talk was about uh, fuels. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, uh, I thought that would be a great topic for us to focus on. Um, you know, forecasters are saying that it's going to be in the range of, you know, 20 to 30 million tons. I think realistically uh, per year, uh, I think it's realistically around 15, according to Platts. Um, container people are saying that it's going to impact their uh, TEU by 93 bucks, um, almost 94 bucks. Mercer's indicated that marine fuels will cost about $10 billion for the container sector and uh, $50 billion for the ship- shipping industry overall. Crowley has um, really stepped into uh, this LNG fuel uh, as we expect to be a leader, as we expect your, your company to be a leader in this. We wanted to ask you... Um, about the big picture and where do you see LNG going on the global level? Sure, I'm happy to do that. So, uh, starting from the, the the global level, big picture, um, you know, I, I think the consensus that um, that I've been able to pick up is is that LNG will be you know the fuel for uh, the shipping industry long term. Um, it's clean burning, it's plentiful, um, and, you know, it'll go a long way to solving the environmental issues that have been targeted and, and, uh, are under, under, um, under review and, and eventually, uh, cleaning up the, the emissions of, of ships starting with January of 2020. Um, the, the challenge that, that is created though is, is, Getting the infrastructure built out to fuel vessels and have have fuel uh, in enough locations and, and plentiful enough uh, to be that uh, to be that fuel. Um, it's not uh, not something you can wave a magic wand to get to, but uh, 
clearly the talk we heard in Hamburg is the start. And I, I think that uh, investments are going to continue to be made in the area. And, and that will will be uh, be the field of choice going forward. How about the United States? I mean, where do we stand in compared to the rest of the world? Um, there has been a lot of movement, and Crowley is is uh, kind of making making that move. And uh, but how do you how do you see the condition of the United States today in in LNG usage? Well, the the benefit that the that the United States has is that we have a plentiful supply of gas. Um, which, you know, not many countries can, not many countries, uh, you know, with, with the economic power of the United States can say that they have such, uh, such quantities of, of, uh, gas and reserves. So the base fuel is here. Uh, so that's a huge advantage. Um, the challenge though is that there really isn't a lot of coordination between government policy and um, and infrastructure, uh, you know, you've got a lot of of opportunity to build out the infrastructure, but there is not, a, you know, a lot of close collaboration between, um, you know, the, the regulating regulation side of things and the government policy side of things, and the commercial sector. Uh, to really coordinate and, and, and figure it out. So it's kind of happening. It's happening as industry, uh, is making investments and taking risks. And, uh, in our particular case, you know, we've, we've certainly stepped into it. Um, and, and, you know, I think we've been able to build, um, build a powerful model here. But it it wasn't easy, and, and I still don't think it's going to be easy for companies to um, to take this to take this plunge because of the huge investment that has to be made into into infrastructure. Right, right. So you mentioned the government, and um, do they have a role in managing LNG? Are they involved with um, LNG as a as a fuel, or is that more of a commercial enterprise? Well, I, I think they, they've been on the periphery. I think government in general sees the benefits, sees the environmental benefits from a policy perspective that the United States, you know, is, is in an advantage situation with the supply. But there, there hasn't been, uh, you know, a lot of coordination in terms of, you know, where, where plants might be built and, and, you know, getting the, getting the regulatory approval processes streamlined. Um, and, you know, incentives, uh, in place that, that would, that would help industry, um, you know, uh, make the commitments that have to be made because they're, they're long-term investments that, that, um, you know, require, um, companies taking, you know, big risks. Um, and so if, if I think there's an opportunity for, for government to play a role in, in, you know, helping that, um, uh, helping accelerate uh, those those decisions and those those investments. You um, you had a firsthand view of that in Jacksonville uh, with uh, the local government and everything, and setting up the, those facilities, those bunkering facilities, and bringing those vessels in. Um, was that a regulatory challenge, or was that just more of an investment um, 
commitment uh, that was substantial in any way you look at it. I mean, for a company to invest in the LNG vessels and the bunkering them, it's not a small uh, commitment. No, it's it was it was huge, and it it, it was a a big financial investment in a in an uncharted uh, territory because we really weren't weren't sure you know what what things would look like at the end, um, and and it, it really took a, a partnership with both local governments and and uh, and the U.S. Coast Guard and 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 others to to, to pull that together um, and and develop. What was a big investment, but but also was a big risk because you, you we were not exactly we, there was no game plan there was or there was no blueprint I should say um, right and so we really had to had to develop that on the fly and 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 I think we we've ended up with a very very well designed system uh, that's been working flawlessly um, so we were we were lucky in that sense but. Um, but it, it was a big risk to take. And why is um, why is um, LNG suited for Puerto Rico, or, or is it? Um, is is that's a is that's a unique market in itself? And I know you've made a lot of investment there, but um, is um, that market suited for LNG? Yeah, I mean the the Puerto Rico market is particularly suited for that. You know. Uh, because it's a Jones Act service, we're, we're able to dedicate vessels to that trade lane. So instead of the ships, you know, bouncing around the Caribbean islands, it's going straight to Puerto Rico and back to the United States. So instead of having to build multiple fueling stations, which again, when the capital costs are so high, you can't afford to, to build stations in every, in every port. So the fact that the ship was going back and forth, um, uh, from the United States to Puerto Rico, Jacksonville, we were able to build one fueling station instead of, you know, two or three. So that, that allows us to provide, you know, fast service to the island, um, quick turnaround time where we, we sail in, in 48 hours, we're, we're at the island and then we're back in Jacksonville and to, to refuel and, and make another trip. I understand that the, um, according to, uh, what David kind of told me is that it's a very unique um, setup there to bunker a vessel. Um, can you explain a little bit that, of that to me? Sure. Um, we, we looked at a many, many options over a, probably a two or three year period. And we had one objective in mind, and that was um, a safe and reliable source of fuel for those ships and to lock in, you know, what, what our cost would be. It was, it was a very important that we understood given the, the size of the investment and, and the operate, the significance of the operating costs on the service, uh, you know, what that, what that cost um, was going to be. So uh, we were able to partner with Eagle LNG um, and they were committed to building a plant here in Jacksonville. Actually, they have plans for a second plant, but, but this is their first, uh, their first investment. And in, in reviewing our options with respect to refueling the ship, we, um, through analysis discovered that the, the trucking option, trucking to a tank on shore 
in the terminal where we're going to work the ship was going to be the most cost effective uh, delivery method. So Eagle agreed to build a facility at our at our container terminal that would allow for refueling from shore. It eliminated the uncertainties of a of a barge operation, um, and you know, gave us I think a, a more reliable um, uh, land based uh, solution. The, the trucks can refuel um, all week long. We can run from the plant to the to the refueling station. Uh, so we don't have uh, a tremendous amount of fuel to to move at one at one time. We can we can move it over over time, and then when the ship arrives, we've got you know one big uh, fueling station that can fill the the entire ship up uh, in in much less time than it would take to try and refuel by truck one by one. Right. So it gets so it gives us the speed uh, the speed of of delivery. Uh, and it gives us the cost uh, efficiency that that we we needed. You know, this may be undetermined at this point in time, but what are you, what is Crowley's uh, achievements in using bunker bunker fuels at this point in time? I mean, are are you seeing some advantages to um, operating uh, with LNG? Well, the the benefit of LNG besides the environmental um, piece, which, you know, clearly we're, we're, um, meeting the eco requirements and, uh, the upcoming global, uh, requirements. Um, in addition to that, you, you have a, a very clean, um, uh, operating environment in the engine room. You're not dealing with heavy fuel, you know, generally you've got to heat up the, heat up the fuel and you've got to take the particulate matter out out of the out of the fuel before it goes in the engine, and that's a fairly um, fairly messy process. Um, with LNG, it's it's a much a much cleaner engine room, less um, wear and tear on the engine because uh, because of the clean fuel, and you're not dealing with any you know, particulate matter. It's it, the the other um, benefit we have because of the uh, liquefaction plant and the de- and controlling the delivery uh, in truck and then also controlling the the refueling tank we're able to deliver a very um, precise mix of LNG to the ship uh, one that uh, provides um, the most energy for the engine itself unlike gasoline when you go to the gas station you see uh, you know different octane levels there is no standard for LNG. Uh, in the you know in the past, uh, an LNG plant would be built and they'd sell the LNG to a power plant, very large scale, and you know they they were able to you know dial it in you know on a custom basis. Well, now with small scale LNG, there's really no system to say, hey, this is this is my spec. This is the the spec for my fuel. Um, there's no kind of agreed to process for that. So you kind of have to make that up as you go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, and so when you have multiple parties where you're buying fuel, different things mean different things to those parties. So the fact that we control the whole, uh, supply chain gives us much better control and, and a much, I think, uh, uh, efficient fuel uh, than if we were just trying to buy it out on the spot market. 
So is Crowley considering more investments in LNG vessels? Um, are, are you seeing the advantages and saying, listen, maybe we should take this to other parts of our fleet in Alaska or on the riverways or whatever? Yes, seeing- yeah, we're, we're looking at, at many different opportunities. Um, you know, both uh, helping other companies facilitate their strategies as, as it relates to LNG and then also deploying uh, LNG-powered vessels and, and other services. Um, like so like we'll, we'll, harbor tugs and barge operations? Could it possibly be used uh, to to dock ships and uh, in your barge operations as well? Do you see that transi- transition? I, I think it's I think it's possible. There's a lot there's a lot more issues as it relates to um, to to tugs in terms of um, again the, the required investment in the refueling capabilities. I think down the road when the when the sources of fuel are are already available, it'd be very hard to to I think build out something of the scale we've done for Puerto Rico in a harbor and never have that pencil out um, but I but I think as the as the larger scale um, projects are completed and, and LNG becomes available as a fuel more readily then it will start to spread to the smaller um, smaller vessels like like tugboats but I, I think that's going to take some time so how do you see the availability of LNG and its pricing over the next few years do you see that as uh, as an the kind of thing that's going to be available throughout the country and depots and that uh, the pricing is going to be an advantage over some of the other fuels? Um, yes, I, mean, I, I think that the, the benefit of LNG is, is that the, the, the price of gas is going to remain quite steady because there's such a large supply. Um, gas is not going to fluctuate nearly as much as as crude oil, for example, but um, but where the majority of the cost comes in is is really in the infrastructure, and and so while you may be paying, uh, you know, two or two or three dollars uh, for the gas, you're paying eight or nine dollars for the the logistics and the delivery. Gotcha. So that's more of the cost of that of of LNG comes from from the infrastructure side of things. Uh, I've noticed that Crowley has um, expanded its um, LNG through its logistics change. Uh, it's using it in trucks, and or is it just li- delivering in trucks? Explain a little bit about that logistics part of Crowley handling LNG. Sure. We, um, we're, we're currently in the LNG distribution business uh, right. right now, particularly in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we've looked at solutions throughout our, our Caribbean footprint, but we've, mm-hmm. we've focused on Puerto Rico and, and we have a number of contracts where we're delivering LNG as a fuel, um, for individual customers that are using it, uh, at their plants, um, and in their, their microgrids, uh, on, on the island. So <clears throat> we, we continue to look at that business and, and think there's a lot, a lot of opportunity, uh, ahead. And uh, believe that you know Puerto Rico is certainly a, a, 
been a strong market on the LNG front, and we think it will continue to be uh, be an important fuel for Puerto Rico's future. And, and, and obviously, since you're so ingrained into that environment, are, are you seeing Puerto Rico come around? Are you seeing its economy begin to move again? I think a lot of people aren't aware of, of what's going on down there and might want to know. Um, how are you seeing um, its recovery from the hurricanes? Um, well, I think we'll separate the two. You know, you have, you have the economy on one side and you have the recovery on the other side. I, I think the recovery efforts are, are still underway. Um, mm-hmm. you know, certainly things ha- had, had bottomed out in terms of, um, uh, you know, trying to stabilize mm-hmm. after the hurricane. And, and I think the recovery effort has, has really helped the economy. Uh, considerably, and and so with the the funds flowing in and the activity levels flowing in, <clears throat> we've seen that we've seen the economy uh, really strengthen, <clears throat> and I, I think you know people are <clears throat> beginning to return to the island, and uh, and I, I think it's really important. They're kind of at a um, an important crossroads where uh, as the recovery efforts or the recovery funds and things start to shrink, they they really need to, to take this next opportunity. Uh, to help grow the economy through more traditional commercial uh, businesses. So I think <clears throat> the, the one thing about the, the hurricane is, you know, while there's some companies were, um, uh, you know, were impacted very strongly, there are other companies that have really reinvested in the island, rebuilt facilities, um, restocked their inventories, and, and have, have really re- doubled down on the island and really committed to it. So I think you know companies like that are going to be successful, and and I think that uh, the opportunities will continue to present themselves as as the recovery um, recovery efforts continue. Um, uh, Congressman Garamendi uh, put a bill out front, and he's been trying to push it into Congress. Currently, there are no U.S. LNG vessels, and um, you know he has really wanted U.S. mariners and the U.S. Um, to be to be involved with it. And yet, um, it's fast becoming one of the major exports that we use uh, here in the, or for the United States. Um, is Crowley considering entering that market, the foreign export market, at, at all? In the near future, um, we don't know. We don't have any plans to to get into the, the foreign ex, export market, and I, I think by that you mean the the large scale LNG right. tankers. We're right. more foc- we're more focused on the regional solutions, so okay. you know smaller kind of micro grid and 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 smaller um, uh, smaller supply opportunities. We're currently using containers, uh, which, you know, works for, for very small scale operations. And we are looking at a number of opportunities that are more mid scale that would require bulk, uh, bulk solutions, either in, in U.S. Um, built tonnage or in, uh, potentially in foreign tonnage, um, dep- you know, depending on the market. But in, in every case, you, you've got to look at the whole supply chain of, of okay, where's the power plant? Where's the import facility? Where's this? Where's the supply? And I, I, and and then look at the total infrastructure cost from beginning to end. 
So right. we're working with a number of, or working on a number of opportunities where that supply chain is being analyzed, and and uh, I think I think opportunities will will develop from that um, down the road. So it's safe to say you're, it's domestic uh, where you're trying to grow the, the LNG uh, infrastructure. Um, anything going on on the West Coast besides what's happening in Jacksonville and Puerto Rico? Yes, you have two uh, two container ships for the Hawaii trade that are being uh, built with with LNG uh, fuel. So that, that's that's an opportunity that we're looking at uh, in mm-hmm. terms of supply for for that uh, for that project. Uh, and then you've got this, up in the Pacific Northwest, you've got the tote uh, ships that are um, uh, being converted to LNG as well. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, thank you. Um, are there any new markets that you're looking at overall um, right now? Uh, I guess what that means to say is, um, are you um, looking? Uh, just tell me a quick uh, s- synopsis of uh, what you're doing uh, shipping uh, internationally, if you could. Um, well, I think the, the biggest growth. Um, Market that we've seen this year has has been our, our in our in our government sector, um, so mostly domestic trucking uh, um, growth, and and so we're working very closely with the Defense Logistics Agency on a, on a with a contract where we're managing uh, their transportation needs throughout North America. So that's been a a completely new business for us that we've stood up. And uh, we're going to see, I think, a lot of additional government opportunities develop from that uh, from that contract. Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, thank you for your time. Congratulations on being honored uh, at the Coast Guard Foundation, which is coming up. Absolutely, looking forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you again. Okay, Tony, thanks. We would like to remind our audience that. Mr. Tom Crowley will be honored by the U.S. Coast Guard Foundation in the 7th Coast Guard District. This event was postponed due to the government shutdown. For those wishing to attend, please call Becky Cadenhagen at area code 352-256-4058. Thank you for listening to In the Know, the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next exciting discussion on maritime technology, business, and policy. In the meantime, please visit us online at www.maritime-executive.com for the latest news and views from around the industry.